0: All right. This Hi. is our our first podcast. Awesome. And so if you don't uh if you've been living under a rock and you don't know who this is, this is Pastor Heath Hyde who is uh president of, of All of Heartland and um been my pastor for 12 13 years. Yeah, quite a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Been a, been a bit. My kids who are all teenagers and a couple of them on their way out or on their way out of the house, they were all uh, in elementary school. Yeah. Like, like
1: kindergarten. Elementary <laughs> yeah. School littlest school. ones. You know, it's funny because when you watch them grow up like yeah. that, it's just, well, I'm so, you got to be incredibly proud of your kids. if They're just awesome. But when you see those kids, you know, in your head, they're there's still a couple I mean, I know how old they are, but they're still yeah. in my head since I saw them grow up. It's like, oh, they're still kind of little guys mm-hmm. to me, but they're yeah. all grown and doing great. Well, I even think not quite grown.
0: Well, you're you're two. Uh Mia went to kindergarten with yep. Isabel, my daughter, yep. and Hagan is pastoring a church, and I still think back to him at 11, 12 years old, <laughs> helping me hang stuff at, yeah. at the South Bend camp. Yeah, that's awesome. And every time I look over there, I'm like, okay, I know he's got a beard, I know he's old. Well, I mean, yeah, it's been a minute, but
1: it's a—it uh, is an honor to be able to be and just to be your friend and your with your family for all these years and watching everybody. That is really uh, very special.
0: Yeah, and I've I've been able to grow spiritually with Use my pastor. It's—it's uh, it's, I've been under where there's been some spiritual leadership where mm. uh, there wasn't as much integrity, and it came out later. But even though I didn't realize it, it affected me. Yeah, so I didn't know what was going on. I see, and so what I love about you is your integrity, and not just that, like when you see something that you've done wrong or missed it, you'll admit it, fix it, and, and quit it type of thing. That sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also that, uh, uh, I love the way I see things. Oh, we've had all this time together, and I will say that when I've seen you talk about something the way you want something to go. Uh, it, it probably 90 to 95% of what you were talking about wanting to see, it just lands there almost.
1: That is the grace of God. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's <laughs> like, you call it out, but then all these pieces come together to make yeah. that what you called out come to better yeah. because God knew what pieces were yeah. there
1: already. Yeah, that's cool. So, um,
0: so I'm just going to ask you some, as president Heartland, just, just give us a, a brief history of Heartland and, uh. Yeah how it started, uh, some of the milestones and pivotal moments
1: for you. Uh, Started in 1987. My dad in the 80s there had a call to come back to his hometown. Mm -hmm. We were living in Oklahoma at the time. Dad working on his master's and uh, working at a terrific church, Victory Church there, and Pastor Billy Joe Doherty and God had him praying for a pastor in his hometown. So he was praying for this person. God, send somebody to Winnemac. Those people are so lost, and they need Jesus so bad. And uh, then one day it was like, hey, that's you. What? And a little bit of resistance at first saying, are you sure, Lord? And then it was so, it was a clarion call. And uh, so I was a I was a young guy at the time um early just right before teenager yep. and so came uh we came here to to Indiana and you know raised in this small town I like the t- small town environment a lot of what we do is in the small town environment but we started one church there in 87 and uh then let's see the second church happened in 1998 okay so it was quite a while you know and at that time we didn't even know. There was such a thing called multi-site. America hadn't even really done that or heard about that. So all of a sudden, we were like, well, let's do more than one church. So I went to um, what's now our Stark County location. Mm -hmm. And then my dad turned the Winnipeg Church over, and he went to Plymouth. And so within about the—by the year 2000, we had started a Logan Sport Church. We had four churches. And then kind of just as slowly we have realized what we were doing. Really helpful, too, is sometimes— uh, we look back and see other churches and what they were doing cuz no one at the time we didn't know anybody doing what we were doing mm-hmm. so we just oh we started to see other similar ministries pop up and then it really became like a synergy of seeing oh how those worked yeah. and how this worked and uh now we uh we got seven locations with eight locations with our online new online church yeah. and uh that's i don't know that's the, that's the story i got married and uh 1996. So I got married in 96 to my high school sweetheart and there we go.
0: Yeah. Well, now I'm going to now it's it's easy to think like you're listening to this story and it just sounds like, "Oh good. Up up up, up. <laughs> okay, we started here and we went here, no uh no dips, no valleys." What are some setbacks you had in Oh, oh man, process. let's
1: talk let's do some setbacks. Um I know a lot of how not to do things we learned because we didn't know what we were doing we were just walking by faith um uh, my dad and then me and then our team we got so many mm-hmm. ter- terrific pastors and ministers because we didn't know what we were doing we we made a lot of uh, we made a lot of mistakes yeah. i would say without calling names or anything some of the biggest heartbreaks that i have and and, and I, I can speak i think i can speak for my dad are really some people that had a lot of potential. Maybe they were on the team at some point in time, and for whatever reason, they uh, they got off, you know? And um, now we've had our fair share of people that thought we were going the wrong direction, and some people even said that God told them we were going the wrong direction, this and that. But um, looking back on it, some of the most hurtful moments are really the people that I think, man, if they would have just stayed the course, mm not just in our church i mean they can go just with the kingdom of god just yes. stay the course with the kingdom of god um what what could really be taking place in their hearts and in other people through other people's lives so a lot of the disappointments i have is kind of seeing the potential in various people and their uh sometimes their their lack of kind of following through the enemies at work
0: yeah well it's a, a lot of people don't think about like some people don't even want to be a leader much less to be a leader of leaders And seeing as a leader, a leader, you see all that potential and how heartbreaking it can be when you're looking at that, which obviously, you know, God's probably looking at all of us saying, boy. (laughs) All right. Uh, Come on. Look at all the potential there. It's being wasted. Yeah. And but it's something there. It's um, so just to stretch a little bit here. How do you deal with that heartache? It's not something that you can just bounce back from every time,
1: you know, uh, and I don't want to sound like super spiritual, but when I go through moments, like with a couple of people, you, Mark here knows the names I'm uh, alluding to the, you know, with these various situations. Um I, 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 I gotta, I go to God. I really, I, I double down on prayer times. They're very brutal, honest prayer times. I would even say maybe ugly prayer times of just God, you got to help me uh, one of these situations was, uh, you know, so painful that I would just pray to God. I could feel the venom in my own heart. I was so angry at these other people. I was so mad. I was so, I if there was vengeance, I was, I mean, I, I know you were not supposed to want that, but I wanted a certain percentage of that, you know, come on, God, smite, do the old school smiting stuff. And, and I had to pray, just, you got to purify my heart. I was really, at that time, I'd go back to the Psalms and, you know, creating me a clean heart, oh God, renewing me a right spirit. And I just was like, you got to purify this, because I knew, and I could feel it I as I was preaching and as I was trying to help other people, I could feel the the venom coming out. Not all the time, but just I could feel like I was just real yeah. bitey and I was real, like kind of retaliatory. And so I just had to, honestly, I just went to the Lord and and begged for a pure heart because I, I knew I felt it affect in the ministry and I knew like, oh, and my mentor, Pastor Mark Royer was so helpful in, in those moments, you know, he would listen and beware of this. And, uh, he would, he would show me some, some things, you know, beware of this. And, and I felt, I knew that this was going to affect my ministry. And I knew if I could, if I could go through it in a life-giving way that I could, uh, that there would be something good on the other side. But if I didn't go through in a life-giving way that my ministry would be marked by this kind of situation, so yeah. yeah, no, it has not been God, you're right. It sounds like oh up and to the right. <laughs> um, no, a lot of heartbreaks, a lot of yeah. heart uh, crying out to God, God, why is this happening? um and uh but and I can say God has been so faithful, yeah. you know, even in the valleys, those deep, dark valleys where you don't know he God is just so faithful. He's right there going, i I got you. it's gonna be okay. Uh, yeah, I know it doesn't make any sense. It's going to be okay. And his voice in those moments is like, means everything.
0: That is, that's good. And I'll tell you this, the reason I asked that isn't just because, yeah, everybody goes through those. It's because I was close, closer to the situation than a lot of people on some of that stuff. Several of those. You were yeah. actually, and I watched your life. Now I, I say this a lot, you know, you know, uh, when you want to see what's inside somebody wait till the press comes. And when I watched that press and I watched you wrestle with it, you weren't perfect, but you wrestled through it in that dark night of the soul. And you came out the other side. Let me tell you, when I was going through my own dark nights of the soul, I knew that what was in you could affect me in a positive way. And that's something that's been important to me. We've had some conversations where I've had some things myself. Yeah. And, uh, I, um, just feel like dying on the inside mm. and, 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 uh, you've been able to pour into me, which God poured into you yeah. all those times. And it, it's just powerful yeah. stuff. And that's that, you know, some of those scriptures come in our minds and you get those, those little, uh, card boxes, you go, oh, there's a promise scripture. <laughs> do not be weary in and well doing and do season. You'll reap if you faint not. That sounds wonderful. So yes. you have to do it.
1: Oh, it's so true. It's <laughs> and so true. I, I've,
0: I've watched you do that over and over again. Yeah. And uh, it's something where I've tried to imitate you as you imitate Christ and that, and that's oh. been there. So um, now I want to go ahead and talk about, um, so give a little background here. So he, as my pastor, he's always talks to me about when I'm dealing with someone is to invest in them and really genuinely care about them. And part of that is, is asking them what their story is. And so I get to turn the spotlight
1: on him um, and I'm going to ask you to share your story. Share my story. Uh okay, punk teenager. I I have had a relationship with Jesus from pretty much my earliest memories. Um so I Jesus has always been with me in my most rebellious moments. Late high school coming out of high school. Um man, I I could not deny Christ. If I tried, and I actually, there was a little stupid short season of my life where I tried. It's like, it's be like denying that you were sitting in front of me. It's just so, he's so real. And so, um, so kind of a punk teenager, pretty selfish, um, ran away, ran from God, ran away from the call of God. It didn't want to do the ministry at all. Didn't wanted to do just about anything else. I was a, I was a drummer. So I thought that'd be cool. You know, let's do something like that. But I, I always, like kind of compromised it because once again, no one knew God was so real. I was always trying to keep one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom and and kind of just navigating that until God was like, stop, you got to stop. So I was going to college and uh, St. Joseph's College no longer exists anymore. That's nice. And um, God said, "You, this is it. You need to stop this. Within a few weeks, I was off to California with uh, Mark and Linda Turner's Bible school there. Yeah. Life transforming. It was like the Marine Corps of discipleship. I, things were being busted off of me uh, left and right. Came back a totally different person. Um, and um, so uh, about that time, came back in 95. And uh, I was still dating my high school sweetheart, uh, Misty Rose Plowman. I sure love her. And now our story's kind of wild. She, in high school, I, I, I remember the moment I saw her, Mark. I I mean, she was probably small school. She was there, but I saw her one time. I was like, wow, she was wearing a pink dress. I mean, we were in band. Like I remember she walked across the back of the band room and I literally, I was like, I'm going to marry that girl. Mm. And I'm like, that's a stupid thing to think in high school. (laughs) But, uh, but I was like, this is it. Uh, I was actually dating somebody else at the time. This is the girl. So, you, you're, we're done with you. And I, I, I asked her out and she, uh, graciously said, no, get out of my face. And so I had to kind of win her over a little bit, <laughs> um, and, uh, show her that I was going to act different. And, um, uh, but I, I really, that was, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you and I, we found our one. I hope everybody finds the one, you know, cause I, I know I did and I just couldn't imagine my life without her. Uh, she's so much smarter than me. She's like so a tour of her class and all kinds of stuff. And that's been real helpful over the years because uh, I was not known for that. Um, so 96, got married. Ninety uh, went, I was in now assistant pastor of our Winamac church when we had the one church. 98, um, young couple, start, went to uh, what's now our Stark County location and had our son Hagen at the time. And let's see. I mean, the rest is kind of just ministry stuff. But then came and did the Winnemack Church as well as the Stark Church. Fast forward a few more years, moved to South Bend, tried to start a church there where we met you. Yeah. One of the cool things that happened there, but a lot of crashing, a lot of making mistakes, not knowing what I was doing. And that church didn't get off the ground for a plethora of reasons. Came back to uh, Winnemack with my tail between my legs in 2010. Is yep. that be right? And, uh, and then... God really just right. throw it at that point. it's it's my dad and I doing ministry together, and then Dad turning some things over to me, mm-hmm. going from like the assistant and dad assisting me and uh, yeah. and then uh, just slowly, methodically reaching as many people as God would let us reach. Yeah. Is that what you're looking for? That's what I' was looking for yeah okay. so so just to to peel the onion back a little bit.
0: so glossing through some a lot of that stuff there. A lot of people like, a lot of people want to hear, oh, they. I have, this person's got a great testimony. That person's got, I always said the best testimony is I got in church. I got saved yeah. at a young age, never turned away. Yeah. That's the testimony I wish I had. Yeah, me too. So that's what you wish you had. Yeah. But growing up in uh, being a PK, which is a pastor's kid, which my kids love turn, turn <laughs> Yeah. But what were some of the things where you were challenged with?
1: That's a good question. The PK stuff, uh, when I was growing up, you know, and my parents are awesome. They really are. And you know them and they're yeah. they just so great. And they had no skeletons in their closets. Sometimes the PKs deal with like, oh, like a dichotomy of my dad or that my mom is in the ministry and they're out presenting themselves one way and they're living a different way at home. Yeah. That is not my parents and that's not what we're about. And they were so real and so genuine and humble and honest and the real deal and righteous. And uh it was a great example for yeah. me of what it means to go through hard things and be real. No skeletons in the closet, just just loving God. And that really helped me. But you know, them being so upright yeah. and then seeing because they're in their hometown and uh coming back to start a church in their hometown, kind of like Jesus in Nazareth, you know, it's a little difficult because people didn't understand that he had had this massive life change. Last time they knew him, he was in business and some other things, and I'm really not a Christian on that level. And so he comes back, I'll up for God, and they, they did not understand it. And so there was a certain amount of like mockery that took place uh, towards my parents, towards my family. And I'll tell you, I really didn't like that. Being in a small town and having them mock my parents... Uh, I felt it like disrespectful and a lot of my resistance to the ministry came from uh, as a PK camp came from like, I don't want anybody to treat me like that. It's I felt it so unfair yeah. because I knew that they had no skill. You know what I mean? It'd be different. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're right. They're losers. They're behind the scenes. It wasn't that what all It's like, you're, yeah. you're making fun. What are you, how, how can you possibly do this to them when they are so genuine? Yeah, And uh, that really, that really was my hardest twist as the PKs watching the persecution really that my parents went through and they did it with such grace so beautiful yeah. um what an ex- talk about examples what an example
0: oh yeah they're great <laughs> yeah yeah well that's that's I can I can truly understand that would be hard because the thing about that is you could go into one ditch with religion or one ditch where you just everything's okay but then you see people living that life and getting attacked for doing mm-hmm. it right. It can bring bitterness into your life yeah, without you even realizing it. Um, so, so you dealt with that and wrestled through that. So what about in your young
1: ministry years? Uh, you know, one of the benefits of being uh, with, with my parents and in that ministry was mm-hmm. there was, I felt like there was always like some railroad tracks, you know, a train can only go on the tracks that are laid out before them and, and my dad was real looking back on it, he was really strategic about giving me just enough challenge that I could be challenged and not completely blow my life up or you know, yeah. and and I I cannot talk enough about my parents, Pastor Mark Royer's been my pastor and my mentor for all these years, and the need to have those Christian men and women of God in your life and yeah. listen to them. And, uh, I, I really would not be in the ministry if it was not for them. And so please, everybody needs, a, every pastor needs a pastor. Everybody needs pastors. I, I get more than one, get, get a couple of them, you know, and, uh, so people that you can listen to because that really was really helpful in that early years of ministry. I was very young. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm making mistakes, but you kind of I felt like I had like a. Uh, you know, I'm on a tightrope, but I got the, the, the safety net below me that if it's going to be all right, don't do no. Nah, you know, and, and I learned real quick to run by the major decisions by these other people first. And, and lots of times it wasn't, no, don't do that. It was when you do that, it was just the slight markers, like the slight little adjustments made a huge difference. Like, here's how you approach that. Here's how you should do that. And then it was like, Oh, and then a lot of times I would do it. Sometimes even disagreeing, like, I don't know why I'm doing that. And then, oh, see it on the back end, like, I'm sure glad, because from people's point of view, they were like, that worked great. But the reality is I was I was kind of just listening to other people's, yep. what they what they were saying. And I've been, I really feel like I've been saved in that environment many, many times. I'm just so very grateful and thankful. And the team around us, we've always had just some beautiful friends and Christians and other people on the ministry team that have made it uh really, really fruitful. I think that's one thing, you know, people talk about friends in the ministry, like I, we have them, we, we try to have them right here with us. I think that's part of the answer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm chuckling as you're talking, that because like, I'm thinking one of the things that I frowned upon just from experience is being under a pastor who has nobody over them. Mm. There's no accountability. And I've seen it either where they're Boy, if they had someone helping them like that, they could they could do so much more. Yeah. But also, um, some of them that the ones that have gotten an error that would have guided and corrected. Yeah. You know, I. I and
1: you know what I noticed about that too, when it comes to any whether it's a believer in the church or a Christian leader or even a pastor, whatever level you know, whatever levels there are, all of the disciple discipleship or mentorship or whatever that is it's the responsibility of the person to tap into that above. Like we could all, in other words, we could all just rebel. Yeah. I mean, I can't make you, you're on staff here. I can't make you, you know, we could yeah. all not listen, right? I mean, all of us can like, from the very bottom, like I don't want to do any of this Christian stuff or I don't want to do what this, and I. so it's the responsibility of the mentee to connect into the, Advice and the wisdom of the mentor. Does that make sense? That does. It's because yeah. so I think a lot of times the reason why they don't have those people is it's a choice. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to listen to people, I don't want to do whatever I want, and yeah. and which is you know a temptation I think for everybody. But the, the key is for us to go. No, I need this. Yeah. I'm dangerous without this. It's just some guide rails. I'm on a dangerous mountain turn. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm on. We we all do. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt somebody, and yeah. I've always been kind of like pragmatic too. I, if it works i'm all about it even when it comes to like cars or whatever like give me the one that just put some oil in some gas in there then there we go that's you know so in ministry the the mentor relationship just it's real pragmatic yeah. cuz it just helps us get further down the road
0: yeah yeah and that's it's that's where i've seen healthy christians that mature over the years So you, 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 you can't put your finger on it, but you look at them back here. Then you look at them a year later and they're further down the road yeah. closer to God. Yeah. They're influencing more people go another couple of years and they're just that much. And it yeah. just grows. It's usually if they're, they, 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 humble themselves. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I go to you a lot for that kind of stuff. And, and I'll say that you'll, you'll say this, this, this. And I'm like, there are times where like, boy, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that, but I'm going to take it to God because He's got a lot more tread on the tires than I do in this area. And so I pray. And and nine times out of ten, the Holy Spirit's like, "Just do that." Yeah. And I do it. And there's and I see the wisdom after the fact.
1: Yeah, me too. I do that many yeah. times.
0: Yeah, and it's it's just I, I joke around. I say one half of being smart is knowing what you're dumb at. <laughs> and so I look smart because I right. tap into people who know more than me. And spiritually, if we could just understand that, because one thing I love is I see the fruit in your life and it's never just, okay, this fruit's only for the Hyatt's. You're like, anybody needs this. Yeah. It's just, and then they get to grow from that and then it just keeps going. And that's why this is continued to grow exponentially in spite of some setbacks. Yeah. Uh, that's my belief anyway. Um, so... I'm going to I'm going to have uh, another question for you. So as a leader and pastor and some of this I, I want you to take it to where somebody can understand it where they live. Yeah, okay. There are misconceptions about being a Christian. There's misconceptions especially in this culture right now. Yeah. What's the biggest misconception of being a pastor or a leader spiritually?
1: Man, that's good. Um it takes um uh, you know you think you're going to uh be able to spend a this large chunk of time praying and reading the bible or those kinds of things the the power that's found in prayer and reading the bible is so much that the enemy will throw distraction after distraction after distraction at you to to make that time not happen mm-hmm. so I, I one of the i don't know one of the misunderstandings is that that's all I would be doing. I would, that, that'd that be awesome by the way. And I, but it, ha, it has always yeah. been from the very beginning, more than enough work to do the prioritization of spending time with God in prayer and reading the word of God. It's like, that has always been a struggle. It seems like there's all, I mean, I do it, but I'm just, it never comes easy. And yeah. it, it wasn't like, Oh, there's all kinds of times. It's just not like that. It's, it's, it's instead there's all, there's constantly something to work on. And you have to go, no, I am better when I put the priority on the presence of God. I'm better when I put the priority on the word of God. And then what comes out of me is is better. Another kind of discouraging thing about ministry is you never get to like the touchdown line. So like, uh, you know, I love I love football, college football particularly, but so you you know you'll 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 have a good throw and you'll have a success of some I don't know Christmas we just had it was pretty good yeah. Be like, well yeah and you so you're like man we just went thirty yards down the thing and you get to the quarterback and you get back up there and it's still a hundred yards to go and it's like well I just thought I just went yeah. thirty yards I thought I just went forty it's like you it's an endless like <laughs> trail of things that you never feel like finally I accomplished something as soon as you get to that spot, there is seventeen more things that are un- undone or need to be done or so it's like it's uh it's, it's that that's kind of been always something that uh took me a while to come to grips with is okay, I have this moment, yeah, and I got to love this moment, you know, and then these moments keep coming at me, and it's so for so long it's always been well when i when I can do this then then I'll be fruitful or when I can do it this size church or when I can do these things or when I can And the reality is that's never the way things are. It's actually, I've got this moment. Like even I got this moment right here, but with all of us here with my friend, Mark, I mean, this is a beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. I have this right now and just embrace that instead of constantly thinking all the down the road or what I'm going to be doing.
0: So then, so then the follow up here is, is, I mean, I'm, I agree with you wholeheartedly, so then someone's thinking, well I thought that was just me and just everyday Christians nice. it goes all the way through there. So what would you do? What would what advice would you give to somebody who's feeling those same frustrations except for they're not in the ministry, they're not even a leader necessarily. They just they're just living their life for God and they're yeah. like, "Okay, I just got this, but now I feel like it's first in a thousand. Yeah,
1: man. Uh, that's something we can all relate to. I guess I'd say prioritize the presence of God, prioritize time spent with God. What I found is when I do that, 30 minutes, hours, something like that, everything else works. And so it's like, I have to remind myself of this all the time. I'm not telling you something I'm particularly good at, but like I've found that when God comes first, he's at the top of the pyramid of my time, like everything underneath that pyramid just flows right. But when it's, when he's just somewhere in the mix, it's, everything gets jumbled up. And now I want to be clear. I'm not saying there's less problems. I think I have the same amount of problems when the Lord's at the top as when he's in the middle. I just don't have the answers to the problems. I still think, you know, so, so when I'm in that prayerful spirit, it's like something's coming to me. Oh, I need to get a hold of that, but that guy can help me. Or this, you know, like, or somebody would just say, Hey Pastor Heath, would you happen to need help with this? You know, like all the engine is working right, even in the trouble. So I don't think it's less problems, but I can say tell you it's better answers yeah. when we're when, I, when we prioritize the things of God. So like, there's power in that presence, and and for all of us, just saying this is where we got to live, we got to stay, and everything kind of flows out of that. Um, that that quote i think it's martin luther that says i have so much to do i better spend the first 3 hours in prayer i really do think that that is where we're at like oh i got so much to do i don't have time to pray that is the that's the wrong approach it's it's i have so much to do i better seek god first cuz i need all the answers that only god can tie these things together yeah. and i need him to do that yeah. yeah
0: that's good i mean people don't realize that our spiritual being still needs fed Mm. Getting in the Word and and getting in contact with God wakes us up, strengthens our spirit. The problem, the reason a lot of us don't understand that is because when you don't feed your body, we know what happens. It screams, Mm. feed me! It gets louder and louder. But our spirit does the opposite. It gets Mm. quieter and quieter. The less we're in prayer, the less we're reading the Word, the less we think we need to. Mm. And it's really important to understand that, I mean just as you said, I don't, it doesn't matter where you're at in the body. You're part of the body and the body needs the same nourishment, whether Mm -hmm. you're a hand or whether you're a foot or Mm -hmm. whether you're the ear, you still need nourishment and wherever somebody's at on there in their spiritual walk, whether they're just brand new, saved been saved 10 years, 50 years. We all need that time with God to get the, to get wisdom when we need it.
1: And, and you know, we've been doing this for a while been Christians for a long time, I'm still, I don't even know, I'll throw out a number. I'm still four months away from completely backslidden if I just let the, let it go. Oh, that's good. You know, like, yeah. I, you know, it's like, oh, you've been doing this for so long. I don't know. There's, there, I'm, you know, the, the Lord's prayer is, you know, keep these temptations. The last part of it, keep these temptations yeah. away from me. Lead me not into temptation, you know, so I, but uh, I mean, if you just—if I just stop praying and stop reading my Bible, I don't know. It's not long before the enemy starts really advancing, and uh, I could be uh, as uh, broken as uh, everything could fall apart. Honestly, my whole life would fall apart uh, right there. So I don't think it's just because I'm in the ministry, you know, that I'm protected from those things. I think I think all of us—we just surrender to the things of the enemy, give in to those temptations, and it'd be sad to see where we all end up.
0: Yeah. Well. I just was thinking, as you were talking, the life of Jesus, probably in the New Testament, I couldn't think of anybody that talks about personally going apart to pray, did it more than Jesus yeah. that we saw in the scriptures. And he was perfect. Yeah. And But but I don't... I mean, he needed that. Yeah. Uh, what hope do we have without Right. Him? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really good stuff. Um, so... I'm, I'm going to uh, kind of s- switch gears a little bit and talk about some. So I like talking about things like we talked a little bit, touched around things. If you talk about words like synergy, where you start and then people get uh, get going and get momentum. You talked about how beneficial it was to have your parents yeah. help you and to get uh, people over you and helping you. You're in a, another unique position where your son yeah. went from growing up in church Going to college, coming back, working, going to church with you, working there to actually becoming a very young pastor now. Yeah. How do you see that going
1: down like like yeah. from generation to generation? You know, uh I I never had in my heart this is Hagen, here we go. Um I've I'm always been very proud of him. Yeah. He's he has been, he's a very thoughtful, caring I mean, even as a child, he was, he's very thoughtful, very caring. He's got a very good heart. Mm-hmm. Um, he cares about what other people think. He's very funny, you know? Um, so, but I, I never wanted to push him into ministry, you know, yeah. like this is the family job and this is what we do. And like, I really, you know, even the degree, I didn't, you know, I would let him choose those things. You know, we yeah. went to Olivet and he's got his bachelor's in Communications. <laughs> so I almost forgot. Uh, a couple thousand, tens of thousands later, you'd think I'd remember. Yeah. Uh so it was like, well, what was, you know, what, what's he gonna do? And I, I really thought ministry would be very good for him, but I can't like and then my dad did the same thing for me. So kind of like the the Hyatt model is really you can't force those people into that. That's gotta be very personal you know, because there's enough of it to think, oh, you're just in the ministry. And I had people tell me this, you're just in the ministry because your dad, you know, that's just what, that's just what, you know. And, and so I think with my dad wanting to make sure that that was not the case in my life and me wanting to make sure that's not the case in Hagen's life, um, that it's very personal that he gets a calling. Now, both Hagen and I talked about it. We both didn't have a, I call it a uh, Blues Brothers moment where the light shines in the church, you know, like, yeah. like you know, this, like we never had that calling and some people do. I kind of wish I did, mm. but looking at it, it makes sense. The reason why we didn't have that is because it was planned from the beginning that, you know, that my dad would put these things into my life, that I would try to put these things into Hagen's life. And so, you know, we, we, it was so understood that it's not necessary, if that makes sense. And so when Hagen, you know, he's like, uh, well, at first it was me like, hey, uh, what do you think about? And he's like, oh, you know, and I don't know, well, you know, we haven't really talked about what resistance he had, but it comes so naturally to him. It was just like, it's like fish and water mm-hmm. that it was like, this is, uh, you know, I want to do something for God. I think Hagen was going to do something for God no matter what, but I mm-hmm. think this is the way for him to be the most fruitful. Yeah, so.
0: yeah I think it's, it's interesting because like I'll sit in meetings where both of you guys are there. And I'll listen to him talk, listen to you talk. And I'm like, boy, there's so much similarities now. I see, you know, you're further down the road than him. And your life experience has levels of wisdom. Just like if I listen to your dad, there's, yeah. there's there's so much. He can say in one sentence what well, would take me right 10 paragraphs <laughs> me too. and have more wisdom in it. Yes, And then the same thing where you, I see, but I'm thinking, boy, where he's gotten his trajectory, if he keeps going yeah. right there, he's going to. He's going to have quite a powerful impact on the people yeah,
1: around I'm, him. I'm pretty excited about what God's doing there at Logan Sport and, and yeah. with him and his wife Taylor and their babies, another baby on the way, and um, they got a lot of the right things yeah. going. But yeah. we've talked about this about the pres- back to the presence uh, of God. I, Hague and I have talked about this that really that this has got to stay the priority. You know, when you have anybody when, with the gifts and callings that are in your life right now. You know, we, we've got to let those be unleashed by time in the presence of God. It's like those gift yeah. and callings disconnected from the from the presence of God. They 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 they're almost purposeless or valueless. But when you take those things that God's placed in your life and you put them near the with the presence of God and the anointing that comes from being in the presence of God, now we've unlocked something like yep. transformative.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We we've went through lots of different like sermon series over the years and different things. And we went through talk, talking about different things. But one of the times we, we did it was uh, just talking about ask, seek and knock. Yeah. And one of the things about a lot of people will want to ask, seek, knock, and then try the doorknob. (laughs) One thing I love about seeing the Hyatt model is you guys knock. And if God doesn't open it, you go to the next door Yeah. or you just wait for that to open. You never try the doorknob or try to kick the door in. If God's in it, then the door will open and you walk through it. And that's where, you know. But I learned that
1: lesson lots of the hard way. You know, I mean, I've kicked several doors down and then just realized all it did, you know, like calling it faith sometimes, honestly. like This this is faith and the reality realizing that was just not what God wanted. And all I did was waste my time and. energy. And, you know, so a lot of that, I got to see, like, I learned that sometimes the hard way, just like, it's better just get in the river and flow with it. And then God opens the doors. And when he opens you, you walk through the doors that he opens. That's just a much better approach than, than the prior Heath, which was a little headstrong, Mm -hmm. not a little, a lot headstrong.
0: Now I, I know you share this opinion too, but you know, we see what we're doing and people say, Oh, they're in the ministry. I, I know we're both in the same thing. Everyone has a ministry. Yes. Everyone's called to their ministry. Mm-hmm. Yep. What would you say to somebody unlocking that on a more like, they're not necessarily called mm-hmm. to the five-fold ministry, yeah. but they're called, What? how do they discover where and God's I, taken
1: them? I'll just say, start wherever you're at in the doors that are opening around you right now. I think a lot of times in today's culture, we kind of wait for... The, the the one that fits the perfectly, and we're going to just say no until it fits perfectly. There's a lot of ministry opportunities that are not, that don't seem, let me say it that way, don't seem connected to the greater goal, but they are. You know, uh, back to David, you had the lion, the bear, Goliath, on to uh, leadership and, and the king and mm-hmm. all these things. They don't really look like they're connected, but how, what the, the warfare he learned, taking on that bear. Helped him with Goliath and what he learned about Goliath. Make sure you take the head off that giant because he just stunned him with the with the rock. You know, so like all those things, they don't look like that was king pr- preparation, but it really was. So I think a lot of times in, in modern America, we wait for the coronation when there's a whole lot of things to do that don't look uh, def- directly connected yeah. to the the coronation that God wants to do. So I guess I would say, like, if there's a door opening in front of you. Ask, ask, seek, knock. Walk through that door. It's probably not forever, but there's probably something God wants you to learn so that you can be ready for the the, the other door, the bigger door that God's got uh, available for you.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good advice. Because a lot of times, usually a lot of people know within like even weeks or months after they're saved what they're called to do, but they see the end there. But then God only shows them the next step or two to get there. It yeah. Might be going left, right, backwards, yep. forwards to get there. But he doesn't waste anything.
1: Nope, he, he does, does not, not waste
0: a thing. Even when you kick a door open, <laughs> it's it so flies true. back and hits you in the face, kind of like my nose. You see that? <laughs> that was from a car door. Because you wonder why he's wearing a, a hat on there. It, it's it, we're just getting out of that negative,
1: yes, negative
0: zero temperature, brutal, and so it's really cold out. But I held up the door, and it usually it always holds that rear hatch. And I went to get something. And I hear that Sss, I move out of the way, but not quite. Oh no. Even when I kick a door in like you're talking about, and God just lets it go right back to my face, yeah. He doesn't waste it.
1: No, it's he true. He doesn't
0: waste a thing, and uh, gets us to enjoy the process and the journey, not just the mountaintops.
1: You know, and and, and God cares more about who we are becoming than like what's coming from yeah. us, and so if it takes a couple of mistakes. Or, yeah. And he has to make a casserole out of some weird, like Iron Chef, whatever. He got to make some. All right, I got to build something out of this. He yeah. specializes in that, so that we are, you know, we're made in the likeness and image of God. So we're ready for eternity. Where, yeah. where we're doing and ruling and reigning with Christ and whatever that means. Who knows what that means in the eternals? Yeah. But one thing is 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 clear: we're, we're got, we got something ahead of us, and mm-hmm. it, he's just trying to form us down here for what we could do there. Whereas we're just kind of short-sighted with it and yeah. living in this moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The big thing I love about Heartland, I've heard lots of churches throw around, uh, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. But I see it lived out in Heartland all the way through. And I'm, in, I'm even in meetings behind the scene, and it's about the people getting relationships with each other and with God. And growing with God as yeah. they grow with each other. Yeah. Uh, it's about the families. It's about the moms, the single moms, the, uh, the shut-ins like Heartland at home is people who can't even get there. We, we genuinely care yeah. and love people because of God. And that, that really does go through um, getting out of that religious yeah stale mindset and getting into that. And when you get out of that and you start going on relationship, then you do get to enjoy that journey mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. Um, so as we're, as we're wrapping up here, um, I want to do one thing we, we talked about ups and downs there. I would like, just what would you say to someone who they're like, you know what? I hear all this. You're speaking a lot of good stuff, but I'm a train wreck. I, I, I got pulled through a knothole backwards and I still ain't put back together. I, I think I've got my life in, in, in going in one direction and next thing you know, I just do everything to sabotage myself. Where do they don't, in other words, you are here.
1: How do they pick up the pieces good and move forward? Uh, You know, I think we've all been there. Um, Remembering that there's seasons and some of these seasons are going to come to a close, but if you're going through a really difficult moment or maybe even a really long extended season of, I know it sounds. Uh, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but three things: get connected to other Christians, have conversations with them. It could be online. Talk to somebody. Text somebody. Do not uh, do not just deal with these things all yourself. You know, every situation you go through, in, in and in a spirit of humility. Connect with somebody. I would, if I was going through something like that, I would go to somebody that's been through it, uh, can give me wisdom on how to go through it, mm-hmm. and 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 I would, I'd really listen. I think a key to that too is not just ask their advice, but really listen. Like, yeah. hey man, I'm going through this really difficult time. I'm, my heart is smashed. I don't know what's going on, and, um, and then and then follow through with whatever you know suggestions they might be given. But I would make it. Our hearts are personal, you know. Just like you were saying, this is something that that our mankind has not quite realized. Again, we are connected to the Lord and connected to each other. This is this is what it's about. And so, I would make those both of those things very, very uh, prioritized. I would, if you need to ask forgiveness for something, humble up to the forgiveness, humble up with the conversations, maybe to the Lord and to each other. But I would, uh, I would make it very personal. So with the, with the Lord, I'd go, God, I need your help, and with other people, I'd be in that same kind of humble, uh, crying out to God kind of place, and uh, and start start there on your knees and say, God, I don't know where to go. Send me the right people, and and before you know it. That wisdom is going to be poured into your heart from the spirit of God, the voice of God, the voice of God through other people. Yeah. And that's where the building, I think, begins to take back, uh, back take place. That's good. That's really good. All
0: right. Well, I'm going to, as this is the final question. Uh, so there might be people watching who are like, I don't even know why I'm watching this. I don't understand half the thing that they're, they're, they're saying. <laughs> if someone doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, if they're not yeah. right with God, can you just simply tell them how they can get right? Yeah, around?
1: awesome. Um, one of my favorite ways to do that is and talk about that is the Romans Road. Romans 3.23, 6.23, and 10.9 and 10. Romans 3.23, all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is broken and sinful. It's, there's no good people. There's just broken people, lots and lots of broken people, of which we are one. So the Pope's a sinner, everybody, everybody, we're all sinners in need of God's grace. So we're all in the same playing field. Romans 6, 23, uh, 23. Uh, the salvation is a gift of God. So just like any gift, you know, when I, I'm a, I'm a dad, when I had little kids, littler kids, you know, I'm not tracking down how much they owe, like, oh, Barbie Dreamhouse, you owe me 80 bucks when you're older, you know, what do I want? I want that little girl my, my precious daughter, Mia Bell, she's 16 now, but I want that little girl to look me in the eyes and say, thanks, dad. And I don't expect anything else from them except thanks, dad. And that's all, God, the salvation is, is uh, eternity in heaven with God, F- complete forgiveness is a gift and all God's asking for in return is for us to look into heaven and say, man, I don't deserve this, but thank you, Father in heaven, for this gift of salvation. I don't deserve it, but I'm so thankful for it. So Romans 3, 23, 6, 23, and then 10, 9, and 10. That we believe with our hearts and speak with our mouths, and that's how we're saved. So the reason why it's believe and speak, the belief is in our hearts. We believe, all right, Jesus is the Son of God. He's the salvation that I need. We believe it. All right, that's true. I believe that to be truth. And then the speak it is the public declaration. So people try to say like, oh, this uh, religious stuff, it's just personal religious thing. That's not... Biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity is uh, is very out uh, out there. You you can't be a secret Biblical Christian. You have to be, let other people know that this is the change that God's done in your life. So if you realize that all sinners, that salvation's a gift, believe it in your heart, and then have a, a public declaration. That's where forgiveness takes place, and at that point. You're as righteous as the most perfect. You're robed with God's righteousness. All your sins are forgiven. White as snow, the Bible says, and and completely now good before the Lord.
0: That is well put. Awesome. Yeah. That is the amazing thing about salvation is we all started on the other side of that. Yes. And we all had to go through the same path. Yeah. So wherever you're at, you don't have to get right to get right with God that's not going to work. Mm. It's it'd be I don't uh you know we we think we need to get right, get ourselves cleaned up before we can present ourselves to God and it's the opposite you can't clean yourself up. It'd be like if I had tar over my hands like I need to get this tar all, uh, off my hands and and then you start everything you touch you just get more tar. You need something outside of your yes. hands to get that tar off. And that's the power of the gospel and that's the good God that we that we serve and that you can serve too. So why don't you, if you don't mind, close us with prayer.
1: awesome. Lord, here we come together, all of us here together, and thank you, God, that we don't deserve this. this. We are so broken and so in need of you, Lord. We don't mind confessing it, we don't mind sharing it, just how much we are in need of you, Lord. And Jesus, we thank you for the gift of salvation. Lord, you gave it to us, we don't deserve it, but you gave it to us and we're so thankful for it. And right now in this prayer time, all of us together, we're just saying, thank you, Heavenly Father, for the salvation that you've given us. You give us heaven. You gave us down here on earth that you'd walk with us on every mountaintop and every valley, Lord. You'd walk with us. Lord, we never want to take that for granted. And Lord, I pray right now also that we put your our your faith, our faith in you and we have that strong faith that we hold on to believing that you are who." the Bible says you are and Lord, we're not ashamed to speak it and to live it out and let other people know this is what we believe in who we are. Lord, I pray that any of the seeds sown today, they go into our hearts. They go into good hearts. We have, I pray that we go, they go into good ground here today and, and reap a harvest because we're listening to your spirit in Jesus name. Amen. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you. Mark. Yeah, it was an honor.
1: Thank time. you. It was
0: yeah. Great. Um, and if you did, uh, Recommit, reconnect, or give your heart to God, or or just need to reach out to someone, or get around some Christians, or talk to some Christians. Heartland at Home, you're always welcome to reach out. You can go on on uh, Heartland Church, Heartland at Home. There, there's right there. We call them connection cards. You can fill out information, and then I'll reach back out to you, or you can text me directly 574-549-3680, and you will get my phone, and I will and I will be happy to respond. And if you did pray that prayer, I encourage you, please reach out and let me know so I can keep praying and encourage you and and give you some good next steps. All right. Well, thank you again.
1: Oh, it's an honor. That was great. All
0: right. All right. Well, this concludes our first podcast on Heartland at Home, and I just thank Pastor Heath Hyatt for being here. Yeah, it's great.